is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. The Bears are bad, man. They're bad. They're a bad ad with a capital B football team. You know, you, you sit down, Jacob, and you really zoom in on the team that your Pittsburgh Steelers are going to face that week, and you get to find out the minutiae about them. How in the world did they win three football games? Including against the Bengals. Yeah. I am he- head scratching like crazy. My hair's falling out how hard I'm scratching my head. How in the hell did the Bengals lose that game to the Bears? Oh, wait. They just lost the game to the Jets, too. <laughs> so maybe this does make a little more sense. Jacob Breck, Tom Offerman with you here. Going to talk a lot about Steelers-Bears this Monday mm. night at Heinz Field. Under the lights, color rush, baby. Yeah, the Steelers did a big tease the other oh, day. Oh, yeah. Just throwing out a little fire emoji in the, re- in the afternoon. Everyone was thinking, oh, is this going to be Melvin Ingram's replacement? Because it came on the heels of the <laughs> Melvin Ingram news. Just a color rush, but who doesn't love the color rush? It's a known fact that everybody's speed is increased by one mile per hour each when they're in those color rush uniforms. And they just sure, fly a little faster, baby. I'm pretty sure Ben has only lost one game since the introduction of these new color It's got to be the jerseys, too. It's got to be, be the jerseys. You know, the jerseys do end up lining up with primetime games and Steelers record in primetime games. It's pretty good as well. So maybe there's a little hand-in-hand going on there. Let's look at the injury report before we really dive into this matchup. Ebron did not practice with that ankle. Listen, Eric Ebron's just insurance at this point. If Fryermuth goes down, that's where Ebron steps back into a role. Other than that, he's a nobody on this roster. Would you even say, too, if Pat goes down... That it's not even an, a guaranteed number one role, that it's still no. split snaps with Gentry. Well, Gentry's going to play a lot still, but it's definitely a guaranteed number one role as far as the passing game is concerned. Yeah, I mean, as, as far as roster spot, depth chart, he will move up to number one. But in terms of usage, I do targets, think he'll be used more. Yes. Oh, okay. I think he'll just slide into Fryermuth's role because he's a great pass catcher. No. Bad <laughs> Thomas. Bad Thomas. He's an okay pass-catching tight end, so he could definitely do some damage in the passing game. Roethlisberger limited with that hip. He's playing. Uh, limited Boswell concussion, so at least he's you know kicking. He's trying to get himself back. I what think I, there's hope that he plays on Monday. What I was told or what I heard from Dale and Matt on their show yesterday when they did their show after practice yesterday afternoon, they said that's exactly what you want to see for Boswell. A little limited practice early already. Right. I mean, this is considered a, it's a weird week, right? Because yeah, you get an extra play, day. You're not playing on Sunday, so you don't need to rush him into anything right now. So if he's limited right now, that's kind of meaning he's easing his mm-hmm. way back. And that's got to be a good sign because we saw what the Steelers did without Chris Boswell. Granted, they didn't have Josh Scobie on the, on the roster. Not Josh Scobie, Josh Lambeau. Josh Lambeau, yeah. Josh Scobie... We Jeez. don't talk about him. We don't talk we don't about talk him about, anymore. But isn't it ironic you bring in two little Jaguars kickers when your kicker goes down? They've gone to the Jacksonville well quite a few times recently. Yeah, Joe Schober. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I think this is where you want to be. So, yes, limited, but still on the right path. Yeah, concussions are weird. So, you know, he could wake up tomorrow and just his head Feel could weird. be sure. completely backwards. And you never know, but at least he's making the right progress. B.J. Finney is limited with a back, and it's kind of whatever because the line's healthy right now, so all he is is a depth piece anyway. Knock on wood. Cam Hayward limited with an ankle. I put that more in the Ben Roethlisberger category. Keep your veterans and your most important players as healthy as possible because who isn't injured nine weeks into the season? 
I mean, come on. There's bumps and bruises everywhere. Especially when you're exerting yourself like Cam Hayward. Oh, yeah, and we'll get to him in a little bit. Nick Foles on the Bears side of things. Non-injury, personal, related, did not practice. That doesn't matter because Dalton and Fields are healthy. Foles doesn't get a helmet on game days when those two are healthy. J.P. Holtz, the old pit man, fourth tight end on their roster, did not practice with a concussion. Like I said, he's number four, though. Oh, that's so. going to be a game-breaker, Tom. Oh, yeah, J.P. Holtz being out. End, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what could be a game-breaker. Linebackers Khalil Mack and Alec Ogletree, both who both them. did not practice in this game back or in this practice on Thursday. Running back Damian Williams, the backup to Khalil Herbert, did not practice with a knee injury. And defensive back Eddie Jackson, who plays a decent amount, did not practice with a hamstring. A lot of DNPs mm. down there on the Bears practice list. Khalil Mack's the one we should focus in on as we transition towards talking about the Bears. He's the best player on that defense. He's the best player on that team. Only thing that defense does well is sack the quarterback. He is numero uno head honcho in that category. I don't think they're going to have him again this week against the Steelers. I could be wrong. Doing this podcast on a Friday. You By Monday, he days. might be healthy. It kind of seems like the way things are rolling, though, with no Khalil Mack again for Chicago. And that would be a huge help for this offensive line, considering they had to go up against Miles Garrett. Hey, give last us a little week. breather here. Yeah, let, 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 let the offensive line take a day off or two. Uh, they had to go up against the Detroit Lions the week following, so that could also be a nice little rest and relaxation game for them as well. But once you've handled someone like Miles Garrett, even if you're going up against. Khalil Mack, it's going to seem easier because Miles It's like swinging that baseball bat with the donut off it now, baby. It's just a little bit easier. Things move a little slower for you. You've had your real test. Yes. And now, even though Khalil Mack is no one to shrug your shoulders over, he's still not nearly at the talent of Miles Garrett. Kind of weird, too, because this was a guy who was Defensive Player of the Year just a couple of years ago, was part of the biggest trade at the time. In the league, when Gruden just kind of handed one of him the over. worst trades, one that of the I've worst, seen. probably the worst trade of the of the John Gruden era that now we can call it a short John Gruden era. It's so funny they traded him, and immediately their biggest need was they needed a pass rush. Well, well, forget <laughs> about the Raiders, but it's just funny to me. But yeah, it was a shocking trade, and I get where you're going with this. He's still elite. But he's not Khalil Mack. And if he's he hurt, if he's com- if he's playing on Monday night, he's going to not be at a hundred percent. So this is no longer the Khalil Mack we knew when he was in Oakland, and that first year or two when he was with Chicago, and he's going to be playing at a at a limited capacity, you could say. So this really isn't someone who I think, even if he's on the field, is going to be a game breaker for the Bears. But as you said, Tom, we don't even expect him to be on the field on Monday night. No, we don't. Alec Ogletree is a little more questionable. He could play Monday night. But again, not a good sign when he did not practice on Thursday for Chicago. Obviously have to see how he does today, if he can give it a go or not. And again, you got that extra day. So that can really help these guys get healthy. But Ogletree's their starting inside linebacker next to Roquan Smith, who... If Khalil Mack is number one on that defense, I think Roquan Smith is number two. Three or four years out of Georgia now. Man, when he was playing at Georgia, he was one of the best linebackers in the country, no doubt, and really jumped out at you when you watched Georgia play. He's I think he had a little slow start in the NFL, but yeah, this year he's playing really well. He's he's coming into his own in this league for sure, but he's without his right-hand man, potentially without his right-hand man in Alec Ogletree, who's a pretty good 
inside linebacker in his own right and a veteran, been around the league for a while. Yeah, you know, you could say the Ogletree dynamic is the same as the Schober dynamic to Devin Bush, right? He's been around the league. He's been someone who maybe snagged a Pro Bowl here or there. It's not someone who's a perennial Pro Bowl or a perennial second-team second All-Pro or first-team All-Pro. He just All knows Pro. how to be a pro. He, he's a professional. Yes. And he can be a good tutor to the young kids standing next to him in the inside position, such as it is with Joe Schobert and Devin Bush. I completely agree, and it's going to be hard for them with him out. Eddie Jackson, of course, like I mentioned, did not practice as well. He's their starting free safety. Defense is the identity of the Chicago Bears football team. Always has been. And they're not amazing this year at defense. They're kind of middle of the road. But they're missing potentially three starters. And two of them in Ogletree and Mack are, I mean, two of your most important pieces on that defensive side of the football. Look, they don't stop the run well, middle of the road in that. They're not good at stopping the pass towards the bottom of the league in that. They give up around 17th or 18th points per game in, in the NFL. The only thing they do well is they are fifth in sacks per game. They get after the quarterback, but they're missing a lot of their key ingredients to getting after the quarterback. And on top of that, Steelers faced Miles Garrett last week, like you said. Only gave up one sack. One sack. Not just because of the duties of Dan Moore and the offensive line. It's tough to sack Ben, man. He gets rid of the ball faster than any quarterback really in the NFL. That's going to be the game plan again against Chicago because when you're Canada looking at the Bears' strength, it only is that pass rush. Got to neutralize that first and foremost. And Steelers have a lot of practice in doing that lately. I mean, Khalil Mack and even Roquan in the inside are both good at getting to the quarterback. Roquan Smith blitzes more than anybody from the Bears' second level, so expect a Roquan blitz at least once in this game. Glad if you brought that up. I mean, sorry. Smith I was, healthy, I was yeah. thinking Ogletree, but sure, Roquan Smith will be a factor. However, without Ogletree, without potentially Khalil Mack, this is going to probably be a one-man show for Chicago on defense on their front seven. And I have a feeling that this offensive line, again, after facing their big test of the year up to that point in Miles Garrett, will be able to handle just one guy who's coming from the second level. He's not he's not lining up on the line of scrimmage with a hand in the dirt and just getting the, the best possible jump once the once the ball is snapped. This guy's going to have to take some it's going to take some time for Roquan Smith to get from his inside position all the way to the pocket to wherever Ben Roethlisberger is. So I have a feeling that without his pieces around him, it's going to be a hard day for him getting to Ben. They have some pieces on their defensive line. Uh, I think Akeem Nix is a pretty good player. Bilal He's been Ni around for a long time. Bilal Nichols gets the most of their snaps up front. They've had eight different people play that defensive tackle spot, though, so there's not a lot of continuity going on there. They're not very pleased with a core four, if you will, up front. And they give up 125 yards on the ground per game. Steelers have found their identity, I'd say, on offense these past couple weeks as that run-first football team that we all wanted them to be in this offseason. You can run the ball against the Bears. I think that's got to be the M.O. for the Steelers' offense early in this game. Get Najee Harris involved. The man is averaging 127 yards from scrimmage in his past three games. That's near the top of the NFL in that category. I expect can't really ask for better. I expect more of the same, too. And not only can you not ask for better, I don't expect any sort of drop-off to happen. 
unless maybe we're in week 15, 16, and that rookie wall starts to come into effect. But right now, in the heart of the season, in the prime of the season, Najee, I think, is going to tear up this Bears defense tomorrow. Or, excuse me, Monday. On Monday, yeah, absolutely. I think every week since that Green Bay game, I've been saying Najee Harris made his splash game against Green Bay, and then the next game was he has arrived. And it's been more and more evident that he is going to be a force in this league at the running back position. And what better way to do it? I thought it was going to come against Seattle, against their future Terrible run defense. defense. Here's your chance now, okay? You, you didn't really have the best day possible against Seattle. You still had a decent game. You grinded your way to some yardage. Right. I think now, under the lights, Monday Night Football, you got to do it, Najee. If you want your name to be a household name, you got to do it. Last night, Jonathan Taylor ran all over the Jets. Oh, it was abysmal, the Jets' defense. Yes. However, even though I think Jonathan Taylor is a really good running back, I don't think he's a household name, Tom. To it was funny. Fan, I don't think it. I don't. I don't think he is. It was funny because after the game last night in the post game, that's kind of what they were saying. They mm-hmm. were like, "Jonathan Taylor, welcome onto the scene." When Aaron Andrews interviewed him after the game, he said, "After the interview, it's nice to meet you." It's his first Aaron Andrews interview, and he's an a thousand yard rusher his rookie season last year. I mean, this man is established I mean, in the NFL. He ran all over the Jets last night, and that's what people were saying. Here's your coming out party. You did it on national TV, and. He should become a household name because with King Henry on the sidelines, very realistic chance he's the rushing king at the end of the I year. I think Jonathan Taylor is second. He's leading the league right now without, without Henry. Henry in it. I know Henry has more yardage right now, but you just assume Taylor a couple weeks and from now will pass him. He just ran for, what, 160-some yeah, yards something last crazy night? Like so that. now he's probably within 50 yards he's or so. He's the favorite to win the rushing title yeah, right now. I would say so. But Najee Harris, I mean, he's only averaging, what, about 70 yards on the ground per game, something like that, maybe a little bit less. That number, I think, can continue to go up, and there's no reason that Najee Harris can have as good of a game as Jonathan Taylor did last night. I agree, especially Become because a household name. when the Seattle game happened and we were circling that as this could be 150 yards on the ground for Najee, something ridiculous like that, at the very least 100 yards on the ground, you know, Pete Carroll's a hell of a coach, man. And, and just like how Mike Tomlin got that Steelers run defense up to snuff to stop Nick Chubb and the Browns rushing attack, I, f- I kind of buy in Pete Carroll getting that Seattle defense a little Going. bit adjusted and saying, hey, like we're not going to get run all over like this. Let's have a prideful game on Sunday Night Football in front of national TV. And I think that you still have Bobby Wagner out there. So you, you can do. still and, – and you got those pieces on the defensive line that aren't great, but they're okay. And you lost that game, but mm. the next week you blow out Jacksonville. Right. You, you, you take care of business. Nagy, though – completely no. other side of the coin. Chicago's coaching staff, nowhere near the pedigree and level of a Pete Carroll coaching mm-hmm. staff in Seattle. So I don't expect them to get the rah-rah right. rally around stopping the run attitude that Pete was able to get, that Mike Tomlin was able to get against the Browns. I see Najee having a huge, huge day on the ground. And honestly, with the way the Bears sell out to blitz and get after the passer, Little screen pass, baby. I could see Najee running 40, 50 yards down the sideline after a nice little quick screen. In the last two years, whenever the Steelers have run a screen pass, it's been in agony because it's followed the the motto of, or it's followed the mantra of the Steelers throwing behind the sticks, and that's been a killer for them. They didn't have the guy to throw a screen pass to. But they still did it. Which was All why, the time. why it was so to Connor, frustrating to, to see. Me. Yeah, to, to Samuels. Samuels. Yeah. It didn't matter. You saw the screen pass come 
come up in the playbook or, or, or in the play calling so so frequently, and it frustrated you to 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 no end. The only times that were successful was when it was Deontay on the other end. Right. You need the playmaker on the other end. Right. And those plays when it wasn't going into Deontay's hands netted what? Nothing. Maybe one yard at the most. Your best bet was your blocking was perfect. You didn't have the chance where, oh, we missed one assignment, but Najee's a freak. He can make him miss and he's gone. And that's what he's going to do. Right. I mean, I, we, I mentioned when we were on the locker room on Monday morning with Wolf that the mo- one of the more impressive plays to me was we were talking about Jadavion Clowney for the Browns, and we were saying how the Steelers did a good job of containing Jadavion Clowney. For sure. The only time I really remembered his name being mentioned was when there was a, a, a run to Najee and the pocket was collapsed due to the presence of Jadavion Clowney. Clowney's a big guy, right, Tom? Oh, yeah. Huge. Almost as big as Miles Garrett. And Najee Harris, yes, he was three, four yards behind the line of scrimmage dealing with Jadavion Clowney, but still was able to stiff him, stiff arm him down, and it took two extra defenders to get Najee Harris down. If Najee Harris can hold his own against Jadavion Clowney, he can hold his own against anyone on this Bears team. One last note on the Bears' defense. They average 8.9, I think, depth per target allowed against opposing quarterbacks. Last week against the Niners and Jimmy G, they were averaging 11.5 mm. on average depth Jimmy of target. G, so Jimmy G was pushing that thing down the field. I'm not saying Ben's going to be slinging it like Ben of old, 15 yards on average every time downfield. I do predict a deep ball in this game. We haven't seen a deep ball to Deontay since was the game after the Packers game. The Denver the game. Denver game. Or no, yeah, yeah, the Denver game. Back-to-back he, weeks, Green he Bay, had a Denver. Long pass against Cleveland, but that was more of a catch and run. Yes, but I'm talking about the home Air run ball. Yep. Ends in a touchdown, gives the Steelers an early lead. Maybe it doesn't happen in the first possession, and it's not to get a seven nothing lead. You can have these guys deep though, and I think if what we predict comes to fruition and they're dominating on the ground, you're going to be able to hit a play action home run play to Deontay at some point against these guys. They're not good to begin with deep down the field in pass coverage, and it. For last week's any trend, they're getting worse at it and much worse at it. So you factor all that into the equation. You factor in that Eddie Jackson, their free safety is feeling a little questionable. I think you can expect Ben to at least try for the home run once in this game. Absolutely. I, I completely agree. And it, and it spells so much to the formula that you see the Steelers use on a, on a primetime game, right? They yes. like to make the splash plays in the primetime slot. And I think they're really high on let's get up early. You know, like, boom, punch him in the mouth, sure. and then we control the game from here on out because that's how they want to play. I, I, I can't imagine the panic that would be going on among Steelers fans if the Steelers are playing from behind at any point on Monday night. The Chicago Bears give up 3.8 sacks per game. That's by far the worst in the NFL. Steelers fans should be licking their chops. TJ Watt should be having an extra pep in his step at practice this week. Miles Garrett had what? Four and a half sacks? Was it five? Four and a half or five sacks against Fields? I think it was five. The team had nine. Five sacks by one guy. TJ Watt is at the level of Miles Garrett too. He can get three sacks, four sacks in this game. Listen, I'll settle for one and a half. I'll settle for two. As a team, though, you gotta at least hit that four spot. You gotta at least get the Bears for their average, and that's a successful day. Anything else is obviously gravy. 
If they only come away from this game with just two sacks on Justin Fields, though, I'm going to be a little disappointed. This is a team that you I agree. should dominate in that category because they're incredibly weak at offensive line protection of Fields, and you're one of the creme de la creme defenses at rushing the passer. And I don't even want to just put it on the offensive line for the Bears. Rookie quarterbacks are hard to block for. They just mm-hmm. don't know how to manipulate the pocket like they should. Especially es- someone like Justin Fields. Bingo. Especially a scrambler. Because you have no idea where the hell he's going to end up. And obviously that's a good thing most of the time because he scrambles his way into a 10-yard gain. They saw that all week, or all game long against the Niners. He scrambled his butt off in yeah, that game. Yeah, they lost the game. The Bears did. But they still had the best play of the day with that scramble. 103 yards on the ground for him. But at the same time, that can hurt offensive linemen. And even though they have perfect blocking technique and they're keeping their guy in front of them, Fields might just run himself into a sack. So there's a little bit of both sides going on there that equals the worst pass protection team in the league. Cam Hayward, as of recently, hasn't been getting the sacks he got when he was much younger in his career. Agreed, but somehow he's having a much better year, and everybody knows that. But I do think, and he's he's starting to get a couple sacks. He has I mean, a he couple. He only had one sack last year, or like maybe even two, but he's got a couple so far this year. This could be the big sack game for Cam Hayward. This could be the game where I know we've been saying because it's a Monday night game under under the under the lights, it's, it's a big put-yourself-on-the-map kind of game, and you're not going to really – get a lot of respect for anything you accomplish against the Chicago Bears because I don't think people have a lot of respect for them league-wide. Right. However, if you do it in a dominating fashion, which what we ex- it's what we expect out of Najee Harris, it's kind of what we expect out of the defensive line against the Bears offensive line, then I think it's going to get you some credit. And I think this could be the game where Cam Hayward, I think, is on track to be a first-team All-Pro this year, and there's no one that could argue against that. But he could really rack up some damage. He could really rack up some QB hits, some passes batted down, and, and some sacks on Monday night. He's definitely on track to be a first-team All-Pro again. Uh, pro Football Focus, we hate them unless they help our arguments, which they do in this case. He was awarded their midseason first-team All-Pro for defensive he was, line. but TJ was awarded second team. Do you agree with that? No, I hate Pro Football Focus. You should, <laughs> never, you should never listen to anything they say, except for the thing about Cam where they said he's great, of course. Not worried about Justin Fields throwing the ball in this football game. The Bears are one of the worst. Strike that. The Bears are the worst passing team in the NFL. They average 127 yards through the air. It's absurd in 2021. 46.4% of their total yardage on the offensive side of the ball comes from their running game. That's absurd in 2021. They're just a very archaic kind of offense, and they don't even use Justin Fields' legs in a designed way. Like we said, his 103 yards came off the scramble last week. He's a scrambler. Use some design runs, Nagy. I mean, be the yes, offensive okay, so guy I'm you're gl- supposed to I'm be. I'm glad you said, Nagy, because you said the Bears don't even use Justin Fields. Scratch the Bears. It's Matt Nagy who doesn't use Justin Fields the way Justin Fields is supposed to be. But even last week when it wasn't him, they let him scramble right, and run. But it wasn't a design It wasn't a design thing, though. Like They weren't doing a lot of RPO. They weren't trying to do some misdirection and get the entire defense going left, and now Fields is running right for 15 yards. Like It was all just pockets breaking down because we suck at pass protection. No one's open downfield because our receivers are nameless gray faces. I'm going to take off for 10 yards. And like you said, the best play of that game was one of Fields doing just that and improvising. One of the best athletes on the field every time he's out there. Justin Fields is phenomenal, and I'm still – 
you know, not down on him as a quarterback in this league. I just think you want to work on him being a pocket passer, do that in the offseason. Nagy, your job is on the line. You should have Fields running his butt off just trying to get you to eight wins or something where you can spin to the front office that you're building something here. It's not the right time to be telling him to be cement feet in the pocket and try to manipulate the pocket and go through your reads and become an elite passer. That can happen down the road. Let him be an athlete, but they're not, and that's why he doesn't worry me in this game much because they're going to try to make him pass the ball. And A, he's going to be a sitting duck for for TJ Watt and Cam Hayward back there in the pass rush. And B, he's just not a good passer yet. He hasn't gotten his NFL sea legs as far as that's concerned. Receivers aren't college open anymore. This ain't Ohio State where you're getting wide open against these guys. Where you're guys. playing against Rutgers or Nebraska. And they're just 10 yards of separation mm-hmm. every time. Like Guys are NFL open now, and you're not making the NFL caliber passes that you need to. So... Allen Robinson has to be frustrated, right? Because he does. This is a guy who everyone thought was on the downslope of his career anyway. But, but everyone, everyone thought that was because of the quarterbacks he was forced to play with in Chicago. I mean, when he was in Jacksonville, it was maybe was it Blake Bortles throwing him the ball or some? I don't even know who became who came before Blake Bortles in Jacksonville. He was still having a good start to his career when he was there, and then when he came to Chicago and it was Trubisky for a couple of years, he was doing fine. But obviously, Mitch Trubisky is nothing to write home about. Allen Robinson has to be frustrated, especially, as you mentioned, Tom, because it, he is getting older. He's His window is becoming smaller and smaller. It's got to be frustrating to him because this guy in Justin Fields should be able to get him the ball, and it's just not happening. But and he's not th- even their number one receiver right now. No, he's Darnell not. Mooney has their most targets and their most receptions. And Darnell Mooney's a younger player, and they're pretty high on him. Significantly and, younger. And he could become a future number one for that team, and I think that's kind of the path they see him on. But you're right, Allen Robinson has really fallen a off production. But even Darnell Mooney should be upset. If you're a receiver on the Bears, it's awful. You average 100. There's only 127 yards to per game around. to go around. Like, how could you ever put up numbers? How much of that is going to screen runs, too? I mean, we talked about how efficient yeah. the run game is. So I'm assuming the running backs are getting a lot of targets. The, the Chicago and Bears, they always use tight. They have two tight ends on the field all the time. Chicago like, Bears have the potential to be a Baltimore Ravens type of team, where you have Justin Fields, who can be a mobile quarterback like Lamar Jackson. Let's not forget they're doing all of this 100 and what 70 yards rushing per game with guys like Herbert, with guys like Williams. This isn't Tariq Cohen. This isn't uh, David, David Montgomery. Montgomery. This is their third and and four string running backs they're doing this with. Imagine having all four guys available to you. This could easily be as successful of of a run game as the Baltimore Ravens have. I just think Matt Nagy, man. That's the thing I was going to say. Yeah, they have kind of the pieces to be in that Ravens template of offense. They don't got the Harbaugh. They don't got the offensive coordinator over there. And let's just be honest, Lamar Jackson's better than Justin Fields. So that helps a lot. Yeah. But I agree with you that Fields is the same template of a quarterback. He's mobile. Big time arm. I mean... Anybody who thinks Lamar Jackson doesn't have the arm strength is an idiot. Anymore. He can bomb that ball this down the field. This guy has proven those criticisms wrong. Hollywood Brown has made a name for himself just on the go route alone because Lamar can bomb that thing 50 yards down the field. Fields is the same way. I think Fields has got the arm strength. I think he's just got to work on that NFL accuracy. Guess who else had to do that? Lamar. And guess who's starting to do that more and more? Lamar. Mm. But you know what they let Lamar do early in his career? 
Use those legs mm-hmm. to set up the pass, baby. Make them fear your ground attack. It'll it make the long. it'll make the windows bigger in the NFL because they'll be so fearful of you taking off and running. And the Bears aren't using that. And I get you want to make him a better passer because the Ravens wanted to make Lamar a better passer, and he has become a better passer. You do that gradually, and you don't cut off his nose to spite <laughs> his face. He's a running kind of guy. He Let did that at Ohio State. Let him be mobile. That's the new quarterback. That's the new wave. Of we course. want mobility. Josh Allen, yes. Kyler Murray, Lamar did, Jackson. Did the Bills Justin tell him Fields to stop running next. early in his career? No. no. They run your ass off. Kyler Murray still run your ass off, man. And for some reason, the Bears think they're smarter than everybody else. Matt, again, you keep saying the Bears. I don't want to shame this historic franchise. It's just Matt Nagy. Get him out of there. You have a good team. We mentioned the pieces who are who are injured on defense, but you have the pieces on defense. You have the pieces on offense. You have a quarterback. All you're missing is the head coach. I really just think, as far to put a bow on this, as far as the Steelers stopping that offense, they're gonna sack them a lot. I think they'll give up a decent amount on the ground. You know, back to back performances like that Browns game. They were coming off a bye, so it's a lot easier to be on your p's and q's when you're focusing on that one team for two straight weeks. Still think if the Bears run for their average, which is 130 some yards, it won't be enough to be. They're the only going to have like 250 total yards right. anyway, so I, I don't think they'll be able to move the ball much. And they only average 15 points per game. I bet the Steelers don't give up more than 10 points in this football game. So the Steelers aren't averaging much more than that, though. They aren't, but they're averaging a little bit more than that, and that's all that matters. And again, edge. I don't even it think the Bears reach that average. I, I don't see them getting past. Cleveland didn't get past 10 points. I don't see the Bears getting past 10 points this week's either. So uh, stop the run is the main thing, but it's almost like stop the run. But if you don't, you'll probably still be good anyway. Don't blow this. That's the last thing I want to put to the Steelers. Do not blow this game. On Monday Night Football, if you do, everyone's going to be talking about it. And as far as your path to the playoff is concerned – these two games here might Must be the win. biggest of the season as far as, as I'm concerned. Because if you don't get to 6-3 and three when you can, good luck trying to rack up four or five-plus wins down that death stretch. It's going to be tough. It's going to be real tough. So take care of business and don't blow it. That's going to do it for this episode of the Steelers Standard. For Jacob Brecht, I am Tom Offerman. We'll talk to you guys next time.